Hey guys, it's Rusty here and I just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this podcast and being part of the uh, the Impact Dynamics live show. It's uh, been uh, an awesome experience to be able to bring this every day and uh, hopefully is, uh, you're, you're finding it entertaining or enjoyable, especially during this challenging time that we're experiencing. Just a little heads up, it is a video show uh, primarily, so there are a few things that I apologise in advance because they don't work quite so well on audio, but the majority of stuff is going to be absolutely fine. Uh, just a little heads up uh, as well, Team Impact is a an initiative that we've kicked off where uh, over a two-week cycle we're, we're sort of this is the second week of that cycle uh, we have decided you know various viewers and audience of the the show have said that they're going to do an, a particular task and we've all, all got sort of particular challenges that we're working towards uh, if you want to be part of that all you need to do is tag us in on any post you do on instagram or facebook or anything like that and, and keep us uh, up to date with what you're facing what you're doing and uh, how you're going with that particular goal the idea is to try and use this time particularly downtime for many people to get as much done as we can and uh, to make the most of the opportunity we've got. Anyway, guys, thanks. Enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies here and I uh, hope you are well. Welcome back to Impact Dynamics Live uh, and we are kicking off tonight um, with chat. Uh, it's good to see some names. Uh, we've got Dave and Scott in there, Brad and Anthony. Uh, give us a hello if you're uh, if you're hanging around and checking things out. Uh, we've got all sorts of stuff to talk tonight about. Uh, Graham is on uh, from New Zealand and he has stayed up late especially for us to have a chat, talking about the competitions he's runs, competitions he shoots in, do some hunting, all that sort of stuff. So uh, looking forward to that. Want to give you guys some updates on some stuff. Uh, Huntsman. Huntsman uh, up in Queensland have released Huntsman Media, which is their YouTube channel. So if you are on YouTube now, um, open up another window and go and check out Huntsman Media. Uh, Joel has his first video up there, and uh, and he, uh, I think he was a bit nervous doing it. But anyway, it's good stuff. Good to see uh, more people jumping on board that. So that is up there, Huntsman Media. Go check them out. Make sure you subscribe. No doubt they'll be having more and more videos coming soon. Uh, also, Joel has said that if we get enough subscribers in the first week, he will take his shirt off and do uh, push-ups. So if that's something you want to see, get onto it. If that's something you don't want to see, I think you've got to double the amount he was hoping for and then he won't do it. So either way, go and subscribe, something along those lines. Uh, tonight is a Zoom hangout as well. If you're a regular viewer, you'll know that on Wednesday nights after the show, about five minutes or so afterwards, um, we'll be out in the Zoom room, so to speak. So at the end of the... the End of the show, we'll have the numbers up on the screen. Uh, that's the room. You can jump in there and we'll be about 40 minutes or so and we will sit there and chat and talk about gun stuff and uh, uh, generally get a question from someone and uh, oh, take a take a punt at answering it. Uh, evening, Emma, as well. Thanks for saying good day. Uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, coming up on the show, Steve Hurt is on tomorrow night from Outer Edge Projectiles talking reloading. Oh, had Steve on the show before and it was one of the most well-received shows we've done. So we're getting him back in uh, for another discussion to see uh, see what's happening in the world of reloading projectiles and whether he's, not, he's finished making those new target projectiles, which I'm looking forward to seeing. That's the ones I'm planning on running in the 6GT. Uh, he's tomorrow night and then Friday night, Dave Acker. Um, if you're familiar with, you know, you're probably familiar with Dave Acker. If you're not, you you, uh, you should be or, or keep your distance, one of the two. And he will be uh, entertaining us for a Friday evening. Uh, 
uh, as as he should do, as we should be entertained Friday and then Sunday night Q and A with a few of the guys from throughout the week. So I'm looking forward to that. One other thing I wanted to mention, uh, it, it appears that Maths is over. Uh, Married at First Sight is over because uh, Jay is back up and running courses, or at least working towards running courses. I think it is a June long weekend. Uh, he has planned to run a course in Canberra, um, and at this point, with, with restrictions starting to look like they may be lifting, uh, he is aiming to do that. So if you need some long-range training, you want to, you know, the stuff we've talked about, especially the episodes uh, with... Um, especially with the episodes uh, that we've done with Jay about uh, long-range shooting bits and pieces, go and spend some time with him. You will learn absolute ton. Uh, and so that will be coming up uh, early uh, early June, but uh, first weekend, yeah, first weekend of June, I think it is. Uh, hit Orange Accuracy for the dates. They'll be able to give you all the information. As normal, uh, we're sponsored tonight, and we're sponsored by Stage 1 uh, with some of the merch that I've got on. You can save 10% off at uh, precisionrifleseries.com.au for any of the Stage 1 merch using the code IDLIVE10, IDLIVE10, and that will save you 10% off any of the merch, including, uh, or not including these shirts. These were a limited limited run for members, uh, but hats and other shirts and bits and pieces. And uh, these, actually, these ones here are the comfiest hat I've ever worn. So grab like 10 of them. Anyway, right. Uh, yes, uh, Steve uh, Steve Her- Outer Edge who was having uh, problems with power today. So he'll be on the show tomorrow night if they get the power back on uh, in Orange. That would be very useful to uh, to having him do that. Although phones, as long as his phone's charged, we should be good. We should be good. Right. Um, Emma, how are you going with your 40? Are you, are you on it? Are you on it? Yeah, hopefully you uh, you are smashing that out. I'm still getting tagged in Team Impact posts. Keep them coming. Uh, we have what are we Wednesday? So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Check-in day is uh, five days away for for the two-week period. So we're on the tail end of it. Make sure you haven't lost the uh, motivation. I know um, I know Ness is still uh, dropped. Uh, Dropped alcohol and still on that. Oh, someone's just bought a shirt. Thanks very much for that. Awesome stuff. We'll get that out to you tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I know I know Emma's Emma. Are you any higher than thirty-one? Uh, I'm still doing all sorts of various things off the booze, and I'll be dry firing tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, so if you uh, and I'll try and do something a little bit different. So I'll give you a heads up uh, when that is. If you want to grab a gun and join me dry firing, that'd be excellent. Uh, excellent. All right, guys, I think we shall get into it. Uh, Graham is joining us tonight all the way from New Zealand. Uh, he is, uh, well, actually, I'm going to, he's done a lot of things, it seems. Uh, he's, he's got a Facebook page we're going to talk about um, and, and collected a community of shooters out of New Zealand there, which uh, I look forward to hearing about that. Run competitions, uh, I think one of the largest ones in the North Island. Um, I could I could have that wrong, but uh, he hasn't shaken his head at me yet, so uh, maybe, maybe I'm right. Uh, and, uh, and a hunter as well, and look forward to discovering more about hunting in New Zealand. Uh, so, Graham, uh, hopefully you're there, and we'll bring you across, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be here. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic to have you. I know you've watched a few of the shows, particularly when, when Kerry was yep. on, giving him a hard time, which is yeah, what we need to do. Uh, and uh, yeah, it'd be great great to have another New Zealander from uh, from you know, someone to give another international perspective. Although things aren't things are different, but not entirely different. Uh, yeah. So uh, how how's things over there? Still locked down, I believe. Yeah, uh, not quite as serious as it was last week, but um, yeah, if you're not at work, you should be at home. Is the rule still? Uh, but they have allowed some hunting and uh, other recreational activities with a bunch of sort of rules on top. But it's it's getting better, yeah. Yep, 
Yeah, excellent. That's uh, that's what we need. And uh, and so hopefully things are getting back to normal. And, and you said there may be may even be a match coming up sometime soon. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, towards the end of to end of May, there's there's uh, hopefully uh, like a precision twenty two shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. All going well, and if the restrictions are lifted, it'd be good if that went ahead. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be. You, if nothing else, you make us a ton jealous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a really good event actually. So I hope it does go ahead. Um, yeah. And a lot of guys will be itching to get out and shoot because they. I, I bet they're city, city bound, you know, so they can't go out all the time. Whoever whoever's the match director for that comp, just double the round count right now. Like if whatever it was going to be, <laughs> double it because everyone will just be wanting to pull triggers as much as they possibly oh, yeah. can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of hitting each target once, hit, hit each target twice, maybe three times. Oh, good yeah, man. Not a bad idea. <laughs> so, Graham, can you give us a little rundown on your shooting history? Just the the you know some of the key things of where it came from for you and how long you've been uh, getting involved. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Um, no military background or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm by no means a professional shooter. Um, just grew up rural. Um, you know, so that involved pest control and sort mm-hmm. of casual shooting, and then got back into firearms when I was late teens, and then uh, originally into sort of military stuff and random sort of interesting firearms, and then I got into precision. Firearms several years ago after shooting a, a field match and then it sort of just got out of control from there and now it's sort of become all of this stuff I do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah right, and you're pretty uh, pretty involved. Yeah, I try to be. I, I, a lot of it's just uh, it's trying to organise different events so guys can get out and shoot. That's a lot of what got me into it because um, I've got a lot of uh, sort of connections to big rural properties and stuff where we can shoot. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, what a lot of what drove it forward. Yeah, fant- fantastic, man, fantastic. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm looking here at uh, Taranaki long range shooting. Oh, the, the long range shooting. Oh, I had it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a Facebook page that people should go and find now. Is it on Instagram as well? Yeah, a majority of the efforts on Facebook, but okay, it is on Instagram, but. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No dramas. Well, uh, so guys, if you are watching, uh, go and follow uh, Graham on that. Now, tell us a little bit about what what's happening there with um, that Facebook page. What's the purpose of it? And what are you putting up there? Because you seem to be pretty active on it. Uh, yeah, I try to be active, especially during this lockdown, just <laughs> so people have got something to look at. Sure. Um, but I don't think there's any real supposed purpose to it nope. or an end goal. That's for sure. Um, because all it does is cost me money. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> I can relate. I, yeah, to I just like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's. I like just getting out and trying different things, and always trying to get better at shooting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so doing this and that and practicing. I've got a lot of bad habits. I'm trying to get better at with shooting. Yep. Um, and then I just I put it on the internet, and people seem to like it. Um, awesome. And yeah, and then I also use it to promote events as well when we do put them on. Yep. Yep. I. Uh, mm. I. I have lots of uh, challenges that I need to get rid of, and they're not, not all just limited to shooting uh, things I need to improve on. But anyway, that's uh, that's good, man. That's good. And, and so has, have you had some interesting experience out of it? You, you seem to have all sorts of uh, a range of firearms listed on this page. It's uh, it's good to see. I'm looking at a 303. I'm looking at a Australian uh, yeah. Lithgow. That's great. Anyway. Yeah, uh, I try, I've, I've, I've sort of tried to um, make my own brand of content where it's not just one 
specific type of firearms. So the idea being, yep. you can you can get someone who's into precision guns, and mm-hmm. then they might have a faint interest in like, um, the firearms our forefathers used in the wars. Yes. So they can see that, or they might be interested in a little bit of hunting and twenty mm-hmm. twos and cowboy guns or whatever. So I try and have no bias towards any particular type of firearm for the most part. Yep. And um, give a good spread. Yeah. Um, and so that also, I get like older gentlemen who have no real interest in precision rifles. Yes. But, but they might actually consider looking into it because they yep. see it because they followed it for the World War One stuff. Or that's the idea. Um, yeah. And it has worked. I've got a, a bunch of people come along to events of gone and bought a Tika or a Ruger or something um, to learn how to, you know, dial and shoot a long way and compete because of that. So. Yeah, fantastic, man. That's uh, that's excellent to mm. hear. And and is this uh, reflective of your um your firearms collection as well? Have you got quite a bit of diversity in what you own? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of again, like I said, I started off with military stuff. I, I really like um sort of first world war firearms. Yep, and second you, world war, and you got a couple of yeah. things behind so, you there as well, which I'm guessing are a part of that interest. <laughs> What can we see? Yeah, there? there's some like there's some ordnance and stuff behind me. There's some did, mortars and did that you just sort of put, thing. Um, did you put that there for tonight, or does that normally sit there? And... No, this I'm, this is my little museum. I've got okay. a little um, room oh, wow. full of um, junk. Yeah, yeah, right. All stuff I've collected. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to your firearms collection. You started with the military side of things. Yeah, yeah, and I, but there wasn't a lot of um, ways to compete in that either. Yep. There's service rifle in New Zealand, but it's very um, not my style of shooting. I like shooting steel. From the start, I like to shoot steel targets. Um, I used to just shoot any old piece of steel I could get, to be honest, when I was a young fella. And then yep. so once I've seen sort of these precision field shooting style matches that we have in New Zealand, it sort of hooked me because it was that same thing. It was shooting steel, but it was even it was challenging. You know, it was out to distance and it was running up and down hills and yeah, so it's sort of transition from one through to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, mate. Now you you uh, you mentioned before uh, that you run. Did, did I have that right? It was one of the largest uh, comps in the northern yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this yeah, is a so, this is a long range event, isn't it? Yeah. It's, so we've got it's um it is a long range event. Mm-hmm. It's so we we try run um, most comps have two classes in New Zealand. Okay. So majority of the North Island events, which are run by a good friend of mine, and he also majorly assists with the one um, I do. Yes. Uh, they, he has a hunter class, which is uh, aimed at bringing um, hunters into the sport, I guess, and using their more basic firearms. Yep. That usually goes out to about 400 metres, and then there'll be an open class that might be out to 700 or a K, depending on the facility. Okay. And then the, the one I do, right, not just me, but when I organise, um, that's uh, it's less hunting orientated. So that has a sportsman's class out to about five hundred, yes, and then an open class out to about a k. Yeah, yeah right. So we you you have two classes, and and so your competitors will shoot like I guess different courses of fire, or, or the same course of fire, but with targets at different distances. Yeah, it depends on what's going on. But, yeah, sure. so the, they'll be squatted together. You'll have a mix. So generally it's like two-thirds will be an open. Yep. And then you'll have a couple into the hunter class or the um, sportsman's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so same thing. So you'll use potentially use the same prop or tree or bank or whatever we've got there. Yep. And they'll just have some 
they might share one or two targets, but um, generally the open classes have more challenging targets. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and sometimes it'll be essentially a completely different stage, but they shoot it at the same at area. the same point. Yeah, right. So it's if, yeah. it's, it's almost in, in some ways really running two matches at the same time. Yeah, with, it, with some constraints. It is. There's even talk um, about one of the other major North Island matches. Um, that's in the same region as me about because it's since the semi-automatics got banned here, a lot of the three-gun guys have come over to yep. um, precision shooting, and so the events are selling out in like a day or less now. So yes. there's talk of um, allowing competitors potentially to shoot open class on the Saturday and then hunter class on the Sunday because guys just want to get out and and compete, you know. So or, or to allow more shooters into the event. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And is it- uh, yeah. The one that you run, is that normally a one- or two-day match? Uh, it's So it's been going for two years now, um, and that's it's been a one-day match. But, again, there's talk of with Simon Gillis from Gillis Practical Rifle Events. He's yes. worth looking up. Um, he's sort of the, like the, the main man for precision shooting in the North Island. Sure. Um, just talking with him about potentially moving it to a two-day event, mm-hmm. uh, whether we have the same – sort of range or we go to the other side of this big property and set up a second range so you have essentially two which would be pretty cool you know one big range the first day and the second day you got another big range that's completely different different obstacles targets yep a bit more logistics um but it'd be pretty neat so yeah that's probably going to happen as a two-day event next next february Yeah. yeah fantastic mate and so do you yeah. – what, what's a, like a – I know you can't say what a typical course of fire is because they, they change very much, but is it um, – what do you – is it swing towards a little bit more? I mean, uh, is it like PRS-style events or is it more sort of longer time frames, longer range, or sort of which way does it go? It's I'd call it a blend between all of them. So in the in the hunter class ones, the ones that have hunter class, you have mm-hmm. – kind of things that'll replicate semi-hunting scenarios, but maybe with like three or four or five targets. Yep. Um, and, but but shooting, again, using barricades and stuff, but more replicating what you might have to do out in the bush or in, in the hills. Um, as for the open class, I wouldn't call it PRS, although we do have some PRS-style stages for sure. Like we've, yep. at our, the RTD comp, we've got a, we built a big rooftop prop, so you shoot off a, yep. a rooftop, you know. Um, similar to what um, you see overseas. And then, but yeah, if we could use, we'd rather use a natural piece of terrain or a tree than a uh, a prop. Yep. Or, you know, like a fabricated prop. So I, or if there's a hole, because we use prop big farms instead of um, static ranges, yes. there might be like a, a big dirty track up a hill and we can stick you off the side of the track in a cow rut that's really, really uncomfortable and forces you to, figure out how to shoot the stage um, and you're not at all comfortable. So you, you're doing the same thing. You're, you're putting people in situations where it's hard, Yep. but it's not the same. And, and in the North Island here, I, South Island's a little bit different, but we, uh, myself and I know Simon's the same, even more so, but the, all the accessories to overcome barricades aren't very popular. Mm-hmm. They are with the competitors, but not so much with us. Like <laughs> if we put a if we put a something in your way to make the shot harder, yep. and you can just use something to make it easy, like put a tripod under your arm or some fancy bag. We'd rather you, yeah. I, 
it's I think it's better if you use limited gear. So we're leaning towards um, you know guys using smaller bags and not pump pillows and yep. all that kind of carry on. So you're actually instead of just overcoming the challenge by using equipment, you've actually got to use like fundamentals and practice, or or it's just going to be hard. Um, so that that's the difference. Is the idea is less gear. It, we don't implement it too heavily, uh, but it potentially could be in the future to the point where we might even supply each stage might have a couple of bags at the stage and other bags you use or something like that to prevent guys trying to game the rules yeah yeah and you said like in brs you certainly see that like that's done on a stage by stage basis where you Mm. you know a stage may have like a bipod and that's it or or just provide a bag or or nothing or yeah Mm. and, and um Perhaps, yeah, and that, that really comes down, as, as you probably know, that, that really is dependent on the match director themselves of which way they go. I imagine yeah. it's very similar over there. Some match directors are just yeah. like, oh, yeah, what, whatever you want, and then some are like, no, nothing. One bag mm. for the entire yeah. match. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. All, all are good. All are good. Yeah. 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 It, well, it should be hard, eh? If it's easy, it's, you know, mm. oh, how yeah. I'd rather be challenged. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's, nope. it's also, like, I found it great when you're at a stage where you're like, yeah, go for it. Any gear you want, knowing that unless you actually know how to use your gear, this that will hinder you. <laughs> mm. and, yeah. and, we, and you did touch on time limits. So the time limits are mm-hmm. similar. They're not that tight that only the best shooter could get through it. Yep. Um, but you've still got to be moving. If you're fluffing about, if you haven't got your dope ready, yeah, I'd say the time limits are similar yep. in that respect. Um, achievable, yeah. but you've got to be moving along to make it achievable. Yeah, like how I see it as like the mid-range shooter should sort of just get through it with a few seconds to spare. Yep. The top guys will usually get through a little bit faster. Yep. Um, but then there's some stages um, that there's one that my friend Simon always uses. It's a, a paper stage he does, mm-hmm. and it's like ten meters and You've got, say, you start, say, 10 metres back from the shoot position and you start with mag, uh, loose rounds in hand. You've got to start the time, walk forward, load your mag, get to the shoot position, insert the mag and shoot, say, four or five shots. And you've got, say, 20 or 30 seconds to do it and it just turns to custard for everyone because they drop in projectiles or, or some guys try single feed and then yeah. they forget, you know, because it's so close that you've got to um, Adjust, account for yeah. scope to bore offset. And yeah, it's 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 really good. Um, so that that'd be the tightest time to be on those little tricky stages, um, yeah. and then just remembering how to shoot them. Yeah, fantastic. But you still get that diversity of time where some stages might be super quick, and then some you've got a, a reasonable amount of time to yep. complete. Yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. So a lot of the time, the longer range stages, like generally in a comp, you have one stage which is like the long range stage. Yes. So like Ahatiti, uh, it was I think our furthest target. This year just gone was 1,080 metres, I think, mm-hmm. there approximately. You had a bit, a little bit of time. Yep. Like, you weren't super rushed. You didn't have all day, but you could sort of, if, you know, shoot, spot your fall of shot, and yes. then make yeah. an adjustment. And Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm talking a couple of minutes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. You've got enough time to, to make really precise, decisive shots. Uh, and and take the time yeah. to read wind and, and do all those things that you need to do for mm. a really long shot, uh, but you can't just do nothing either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And and he's seeing very much. Uh, oh, I guess you've, you've got your two classes. And do you do you stipulate anything in terms of equipment in those classes, or how does that decided? Uh, this is uh, again <laughs> talking to Simon <laughs> about this, and yeah. Uh, so in AHTD open class, we allowed up to three three eight lapua magnum or equivalent. Yeah. Because uh, the minimum target distance was 300. And we just do that to protect the targets. But I understand. we generally only get a few 338s anyway, and all they do is wreck our targets. They blow the bolts to bits. and you know, Anyway, so they'll probably get pulled out, to be honest. Yep. Uh, so then, then it's generally normally limited to 300 Winchester Magnum yep. uh, or equivalent. you know, And then we, as a rule, was a 3,200 feet per second um, velocity limit. Again, it uh, just protects those steel targets inside a... Um, 100 to 200 meters you know if, if mm-hmm. 22 to 50s and all that is just going to bugger up the target so yep. uh there's that and then between the classes it's not a hugely enforceable there's nothing really enforced at the moment because there's uh, there's a lot of shooters i see who uh especially after the buyback here so everyone went and bought real fancy um precision setups because the government um you know took out semis off us so everyone had money they bought these fancy setups yep. and a lot of guys I personally think should shoot, like especially RTD, should shoot the sportsman's class for their um, skill level yes. and new, and that they're new to this type of competition. So yep. they're going to have a, quite a fancy setup, but I think their skill still limits them regardless. So yeah, at, and and because it wasn't a hunter class, it was a sportsman's class. Yeah, um, there was no gear restrictions apart from that caliber restriction. So their minimum. Uh, maximum caliber was 301 mag um, and under. And then as for the hunter events you have around the place, I believe some rules may come in mm-hmm. um, in the hunter class. So so maybe like barrel weights, uh, max magnifications, um, and a few things like that, potentially. Because okay. um, like if I, if I shoot it, I could, I could drop out of the open class and shoot hunter class with my, you know, 17-pound precision rifle. Mm-hmm. That does give me a fair advantage over like a factory ticker. Um, so, yes. yeah, yeah, it's com- it's coming. I think so. <laughs> it's I, I empathise yeah. with you because it's uh, it, to to decide on what what a, a class sort of uh, fits. It, it is challenging because no matter where you draw the line for someone, it's not worked. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah. And, you, and they'll and they'll yearly events. Um, you can you can tweak from year to year and and try and you know, over a few years really hone a something that works well. Mm. Although generally that keeps adjusting because uh, I mean I'm certainly running the PRS over here. We've gone uh, you make something and then the industry sort of catches up to it. They're like, oh, you can't do that, so we'll work around this way. And then these new products come out. And you're like, mm, all right, well we need to just <laughs> all right, well we need yeah. to rewrite that <laughs> sort of yeah. Um, and I mean, it's yeah. not a big surprise. You see them coming, and and so uh, it's just a, a constantly evolving. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't think too much of the gear. Like I, I don't, I'm not a believer that you can go and buy your way to sort of the top five of the competition, especially in the open class. You've Never. still got to be a good shooter. Yeah. Um. Again, that's not talking about like the the bags and the, the tripods and stuff, but like for the actual. Yeah, you've still got to be a really good shooter to be getting top five in a in a sort of national level comp in New Zealand. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You you can you can yeah. spend uh, if you spend all your money on training and, and time and shooting and practice, maybe maybe you could buy your way there, but you gotta spend all that time there as well. 
Yeah, but that's but that's practice, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, yeah, you can spend money, but it's again, it's practice. But it's is it are you practicing correctly? That's what I'm trying to like. Mm. I touched on earlier. Earlier, I go out and pr- I shoot more than everybody. To be honest, I shoot a lot, and but I've got a lot of like like my like Simon says to me, bad habits will get you quite a long way, but then they'll let you down. So I'm trying to sort of make sure when I get behind the rifle, I'm doing that same thing and money isn't going to change that. So <laughs> yeah, I think just yeah. working on those fundamentals and my like positional shooting. So that stuff's um, I think worth more than mm. any fancy uh, optic or anything. Yeah. Agreed, mate. Agreed. Graham, what, what are you working on at the moment? Is there a particular sort of area that you you've identified that you could share that you, you you're battling against? Yep. Um, again, it's that, uh, for prone shooting, it's it's making sure I'm not twist. I got a habit of I was got into small bore a little bit when I was younger, and we were encouraged to have quite a sort of bent shooting position. Um, I'm trying to get away from that to be sort of squaring behind the rifle, and mm-hmm. yeah. again getting behind it consistently. A lot of the time, I used to just I'd lay down and just shoot, and I'd be happy with a mediocre position. Yep. Um, but now I'm trying to remedy that, and then I never really got into dry fire years ago I always thought that was just something people did who couldn't shoot like they couldn't get out as a go shooting and that was never an issue for me because I live on the the range so but now I see the benefit of it Mm -hmm. um so yeah getting that that practice and making sure my hands what actually one thing I've been trying to work on and I always because I film videos, I always have to. I watch it and I watch my mistakes all the time. But <laughs> so getting that, getting that nice ninety degree trigger pull and and keeping my thumb the same position mm-hmm. on the uh, on the rifle stock, and then also following through on the trigger pull. Yep. Like I'm getting a, I do it, and then I watch a video, and I'll be like, yeah, that was a good trigger pull. That was a good trigger pull, and then I'll just pull it like an idiot, and <laughs> and, and I'll generally like I'm hit the target or whatever, but I just watch it. Oh, shivers, I've got to really work on that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And uh, I've got a question here uh, about what um, rifle setup you're using for that, uh, you know, for, for these type of comps. What are you running? Uh, my, I've got a big problem that I shoot too many different firearms and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's negatively affects me in a lot of ways because I'm not, again, doing that same thing over and over. But for the most part, I run a Bagara B14 HMR, yep. 6.5 Creedmoor. Sure. Um, you know those brown, funny-looking ones. Yeah, yep. and then yeah, just that um, with a muzzle brake and a and a, yeah, a few things on it. Nothing, t- nothing too um, outlandish, uh, but it, it runs good and it's accurate. Yeah, yeah fantastic, mate. And, and what optics mm. is sitting on top of that? Uh, that one has had the same optic for like three years now. So cool. a Gen two Vortex Viper. Yep. PST. Yeah, yeah. for five to twenty-five for fifty. I think it is. Yep. Uh, I, and I've got a lot of nicer scopes now, but I just still haven't changed it because it's in second focal plane too. I really should swap it out. <laughs> yeah, and right. it's and and it's minute of angle when I mainly shoot mills now. So I'm just, look at all these problems I'm giving myself. But <laughs> but the thing is, I leave it the same because it's just working. And it's working. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And and what are you finding over there with a common here now for, for for a number of years, but certainly go back far enough, and we all we were all shooting MOA and second focal plane. Uh, yeah, I think it's sort of starting to drift over to a lot of guys will go and buy a first focal plane if they buy a new optic. Yep. Um, and and I, I'm seeing a lot more guys shooting um, mill 
mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I mean, all the ex-army guys, they're all shooting milk is what they know, but yep. a lot of Kiwi hunters, they know MOA. Well, they don't really know MOA, but <laughs> it's what their scopes have always had dialed in. Sure. Um, and so that's what like the hunting shops sell because the majority of our retailers are uh, hunting orientated because hunting's so popular here. Yeah. So they'll sell minute of angle, second focal plane. So if you, yeah, not not always, but mm. but but so now I am yeah myself and a lot of my friends and the people I um, kick around with are shooting mill, not exclusively, yep. but that is handy. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's a, it, it's probably a very similar trend uh, to follow where you've you've um, oh yeah. Which you know we, we all started MOA and that's what we'd all shot and second focal plane was standard and it's certainly yep. shifting and following and uh, and interesting to see that you're probably very much the same just perhaps a little you know year yeah. or so behind where perhaps where we where Australia is at the moment as well so mm-hmm. yeah cool mate and and you mentioned on hunting I kind of come back to uh, to that in a moment but just for those uh, for those who are watching uh, tonight uh, is our Zoom hangout night so at, towards the end of the show uh, right at, well at the end of the show the numbers will uh, be up and, and in the links uh, there'll be links there for you guys to uh, to jump on board if you want to hang out for a little while after the show uh, and we'll be in there chatting away about whatever shooting stuff and be able to show guns off and be able to stare back at you rather than a piece of glass that I'm looking at currently um, <laughs> which is uh, not as exciting. Uh, and um, coming up on the show tomorrow night, Steve Hurt from Outer Edge Projectiles. Looking forward to having him on there. Uh, and Friday night uh, is time to get wild with Dave Acker. Um, I don't know what he's got planned, but uh, for those who do know Dave, um, it'll be something planned and we'll, we will see what goes on. So that'll be uh, excellent. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all we'll uh, do. This. So looking forward to Zoom. Details will be up at the end of the show. Right, Graham, on, on hunting... Um, now you've done a reasonable amount of hunting around New Zealand or, or in your area. What have you done? Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a like I wouldn't call an experienced hunter. I, I hunt. I'm a lazy hunter. If okay. I can hunt from a truck or something, you know, less walking the better. But I have hunted since I was young. Yep. Uh, again, growing up in a uh, backcountry sort of farm, we had a, uh, a massive number of feral goats, so that was pretty standard culling them and then feral pigs um our pigs act a little bit different from yours they're a bit harder to find but okay. they'll be it and then again once i got older and got into firearms as a hobby um uh and the precision shooting started i started getting invited to more places so hunting deer mm-hmm. um so there's a few deer around where i live not a lot fellow deer um and then you read deer a couple of hours away but all the fun enough all the red deer of shot have been in the South Island. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're pretty cool to hunt because they're so much bigger than the deer we have here, so it's quite a treat. Yeah, because... And then... Sorry? Yeah, the, the South Island is the one that's really known for the, the picturesque, sort of amazing-looking hunting sort oh, yeah. of areas, and you've shot down oh, there yeah. a bit? Yep, yeah, I try go to South Island a couple times a year. Okay. Um, not necessarily just for hunting, but for I've got a bit of family down there. Yep. I, I normally tee that up with some hunting. Of course. Um, but... <laughs> well, my new brother-in-law is a keen as hunter in yes. South Island, so is, is as soon that... as I go down there, we're yeah, straight away right. we're going out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I went for my first trip to hunt tar mm-hmm. last year with a couple of friends oh, and yeah. around Tekapo, um, which is sort of halfway down South Island Central. Um, that was cool. Again, it, like they're not—I didn't find them. I didn't shoot a monster bull by any means, but. They weren't particularly hard to hunt. They're just goats that hang out a bit higher up in the mountains. Um, but the, the scenery mm. and sort of the adventure of where you're hunting was, is 
is a lot of what's cool about South Island, I reckon. It's just so picturesque, like you say, and we we end up as just so unbelievable. And then you get to do some cool shooting. And the good thing about that sort of shooting, what I found was it's a lot of it is high angle shooting and that kind of thing, which I quite enjoy because um, the mountains are so big, you know. So, mm. yeah, if you can get there and do it, it is worth it for sure. And it's public land, so all you need to do is you get a permit, but a permit, all it is, it's um, you essentially go on the Department of Conservation website and essentially just registers where you are yep. um, for record keeping. And then if you go missing, I guess they can go through and say, oh, he's in this area. And then you just go out and hunt hmm. and shoot, shoot what you want, yeah, any yeah. time of the year. Amazing. Uh, unless it's a ballot, unless it's a ballot block. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Mm. Yeah, 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 it's awesome. Yeah, certainly seen videos and bits and pieces of guys uh, who've headed over there, and uh, yeah, some some incredible country, and and some of those being ballot sort of areas, but even just the public areas look look amazing. I I haven't been in New Zealand yet, but I will definitely uh, definitely get there. We'll get over there and shoot some mm. matches, and maybe go hunting and uh, do whatever else it is that you do in New Zealand. Yeah, you just got to time it because our match we don't have as many matches, so you got to really time it to get to. Oh yeah, yeah. One of each. Yeah. I'm sure. We, yeah. I'm sure we can make make that work. Yeah, cool. <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. And so you've been involved with with other matches. Uh, you, you mentioned Simon there as well. He, I know he does a lot of. Uh, uh, he's you know fairly active in running those. Do you do you guys have anything like at a like club level, or is it really sort of these one off events? Yeah. So all, all the matches are run. Nothing runs in a organised um, sort of schedule where you know six months out, or and they don't link up. Yep. So yeah, that's essentially they're just these. I wouldn't say standalone events, but um, we have tried to this this year anyway. We we tried to sort of schedule. So Simon did a new event this year in late January, mm-hmm. Health Tapu, which is over in a place called Waiuru, and it's sort of New Zealand's main military training area. Yep, uh, it's sort of tussocky, quite neat. Um, we're actually right next to the military base, and so that was in January. And then RTD, which Simon, again, is a major part of helping me, um, was in February. And then the Mountain Challenge, which you guys, I imagine, heard of, was the following month. So we sort of lined ours up so guys could shoot yes. um, the three events working up to the Mountain Challenge, which is the biggest um, New Zealand event by far, a three-day sort of thing. So. Yeah. Have you shot the uh, so Mountain there Challenge? There was that. No, no, I've not shot a South Island match before. Um, I, I want to shoot it next year mm-hmm. um potentially yeah I, I yeah new kid and all that so it's sort of hard to ah uh, that'll do it yeah do that yeah yeah we had it we had a number of uh, australian guys head over there and one of them took out the uh, this the the sunday um yeah which was the prs match yeah that's right um, yeah no that's cool yeah, yeah so. um yeah i definitely we I've, I've always had a goal of having a north island event not to rival the mountain challenge, but to be as good. Mm, yeah. Like, I think our, our, our the event, the RTD event and the Simon's events are excellent and they're, they're actually really good. But that sort of that international prestige that the mountain, <coughs> mountain challenge has, it'd be cool to have that up at one of these shoots for sure. Absolutely. So we'll work towards that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well done, man. Well done. Now, I'm, mm. I'm still intrigued by the room here, and you called it a museum before, and I'm not going to let that go because uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's fascinating. So you've got a sort of sort of bits and pieces you've collected over the years. Any Anything that stands out to you that uh, that isn't a gun, because apparently we can't do that on YouTube Live. Um, but anything... Oh, yeah, because of CrossFit. Um, 
Oh, there's all sorts of random stuff. There's like uniforms of flags from the wars. It's all like World War One, World War Two. Yep. Um, have you got, uh, a, have you got a, a particular item that's one of your favourites? No, I don't have any. Fa- I'll show you something interesting though. Yeah. Just give me a second. Always, always. So this here mm. is a piece of shrapnel we found on the Western Front from the First World War. So it's a, um, you know, this is what was chopping our poor boys in half. Yeah, right. Huh. <laughs> yeah, like it's it, this probably weighs a, a well over a pound. Yeah, right. Um, it's just jagged steel. Like it's just a piece of junk, but that's that's what was flying around. Yeah, and uh, killing everyone. Yeah, so there's something interesting, I guess. Yeah, and um, how did you come, other than that? How did you come onto that? Ah, uh, I my old man's right into it, so he okay. gets a bit of stuff sent over. Mm-hmm. But I've been to Europe, um, did a bit of a. I guess, pilgrimage of the um, places where the Anzacs fought, Gallipoli, Western yep. Front. I didn't go to the Middle East, obviously, but but spicy. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's the thing. You just kick around in the, in the farmer's fields because you just wander through them. They don't really care. Yeah, right. And this stuff, it constantly gets turned over because the grounds that um, they can only grow animal fodder there. You can't grow human food because yeah. there's that much lead and arsenic in the ground. So they just grow crops, and this stuff just keeps coming out the ground. Hmm. Fascinating. If, you know, there's live ordnance coming out the ground. It's wicked. So when when you yeah. said that you this is something you found on the Western Front, that you actually were the one who found yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, right. I, I let <laughs> yeah. that statement go because I thought you were just talking sort of a we collectively, meaning everyone in the world found <laughs> yeah. at some point. That, no, that, oh, amazing. How yeah. long did how long oh, yeah, you over it's there? everywhere. Yeah. yeah. How long were you over there for? Six or eight, six weeks, I think, all up. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, just just drive. We just leased a car and drove about, dragged my poor wife around um, <laughs> to all these old fields. They're <laughs> 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 just fields. It's not like there's a castle there, it's just a field. Just a field. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, but you start looking around and there's some, it's interesting. And again, um, the, the, these are the places where our ancestors fought. So I've got a bit of uh, family. Uh, you know, connection to these areas. So it's yeah, pretty cool to go there and find this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And did you do any sort of the bigger sites as well or was it just a, an exclusive fields only uh, visit? <laughs> no, so I went to like um, like the D-Day invasion beaches along the the, um, the coast there, yeah, Omaha Beach and Utah and all those, and then all the little towns that you see in Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to all of them and, yeah, just – and. Oh, I went to Auschwitz, you know, the concentration camp. That was horrible. And, yeah. I bet. Well, just anything really I could get to, yeah, yeah, just to see it. Yeah, and obviously that's been a, that's been a huge big passion for you. And, and is that um, – have you – there's a lot of talk about like PRS-style stages being being shot with old 303s and, and Mauses and that sort of thing. Have you done any of, of that sort of stuff? Well, we actually um, – I've never seen a competition like that, so we – so I sort of put the idea out there, and it yep. was overwhelmingly popular. So I had booked one in, um, but COVID put a stop to oh, it. Really? Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. oh, no. So we were going to yeah, – so no. the, where we do our, our big competitions, you know, I was talking to the landowner, and he's, yeah, we'll build a – we'll dig a trench. We're going to build a bunker. <laughs> we'll build all this stuff. Oh, you see, wow. So to be a, a PRS-style shoot-ish, yeah. Yeah. but with service firearms, you yeah. know, three O's, Mausers. Steel targets only up to say one, two hundred, maybe three hundred at a maximum. Um, 
yeah, you, yeah that, so it was all going to happen. Oh, wow. uh, we were going to do it all, but we will we'll probably still do it. But we've just got it now. Mm. Um, you don't want to. I don't like the idea of holding an event midwinter in New Zealand because it just gets sure. so wet. Yeah. Um, and, and then like you, it might be fine. You might be, luck out, but yep. the chances are it's going to be rainy. Yeah. And then. And then you get towards the end of the year and you've got to shuffle to them with the other events and public holidays and everything. So it'll, it will happen. I don't know when. Yeah. That'd be amazing to, to have a trench to be shooting to, to sort of mimic a lot of those things. That's, that's uh, incredible that you, you got that far along with it. It's, it's awesome to hear. We, you know, guys here have done sort of, you know, little club events and bits and pieces, but that's a, that's a, a very theme, the entire thing, including the stages to it. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Be, uh... so there is actually, for, the, for our main big competition, mm-hmm. Potentially, we there's this sort of half of the stages shoot out of a big hay paddock. It's it's not a flat hay paddock; it's all rolling. Yep. But there's this one sort of knob in the paddock that they they can't mow, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it's no real good. And because they mow grass about a week before we shoot the comp, so right. the landowner was talking about actually cutting a big trench through that. So in the precision competition, mm-hmm. you'd have a a trench in that just as something different. Yep. So that could potentially actually happen in our normal kind of matches as a mm. trench. Yeah. Um, just something different to shoot out of, you know. Yeah. I think if, you were, if you're looking for a, an international prestige match, uh, you, if, I reckon if you theme something along those lines of the, the old school sort of thing, you, or at least maybe having yeah. one, one day out of three being that way inclined, maybe, you, uh, maybe, maybe that would be your, uh, your niche. Who knows? Who knows, yeah. Mate? yeah. I've got a real funny thing because we – when it comes to the those old bolt guns, I don't mind theming it with a military theme because they are service rifles. Yeah. But when it comes to our precision firearms, I've got to make a real effort oh, not yeah. to imply, and I imagine it's the same for you, yeah. that they are intended for that kind of thing. Yes. So those are, you got to like oh, we don't totally. we 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 don't use like um, silhouette targets for the most part here. Yeah. There's no rules against it, but it's just our way of. Uh, yeah. Potentially avoiding a bad news story, especially after the terror attacks of last year. Sure, and that stuff's sort of um, top of mind. You know, you know a, a square target gets you the same result. Sort of thing. Yeah. You, you yeah. still, it's still as hard or as easy to hit. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, so that like the military shoot will have silhouette targets in it. Yeah, um, and I even checked with our. We've sort of got like a big lobbying group who represents us. I even talked to them about it, <laughs> to their what their thoughts were. And with the military stuff, they said it's not an issue because you're, uh, you're, yeah, the competition is replicating and paying homage to events of the past. So, yeah, so it's weird how that event, like you said, is fine, but this other one will try and, mm. yeah. Yeah. Because we, we don't want to be perceived as wannabe snipers. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> know that, know that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, getting some a couple of questions here, mate. And guys, if you do have any questions for for Graham, uh, we, we've we've got about ten minutes or so left, um, particularly around New Zealand shooting over there and the matches there or hunting over there. I guess what, whatever's going on, that'd be great. Um, what sort of numbers are you getting at your matches? What sort of how many shooters? Uh, so we at, um. With, with RTD and then Simon's one. So generally about, we, we number it out at about 48 shooters. Okay. Um, much more, we, we've got a real issue of, um, it's not all squads, but some squads, because they we generally run like a self-RO. Yep. So when we allocate the squads, we'll make sure there's an experienced shooter who's shot the competitions before in it. 
mm-hmm. and so they know. And so the idea is, say, there's three, like say, eight of us in a squad. One guy's ROing, the next guy's shooting, the next shooter's getting ready. Next guy after that's sort of you know getting ready to get ready or respawning or whatever. It never quite works out with a couple squads, and they end up slowing the whole day down. And you you get up them and try to keep them moving, but some squads are just nanas. So if if we make the um, the day too much longer, say more stages or more shooters, it can end up just being too much of a challenge to get everyone through. So generally, about forty eight yep. shooters is, is where we're at. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and is that, you said that that's pretty much filling up fairly consistently, fairly quickly. Yeah, especially, yeah, now, like before before um, they banned the RAR15s, it would sort of take maybe six weeks to fill a competition. Yep. Um, and now it's, yeah, it's less than a day. Like um, yeah. Simon's How Tupper event was like two hours. It was <laughs> done. And then, but generally, what will happen is you'll, Say you miss out, you'll go. Oh yeah, I'll go on the waiting list, yep. and you'll generally get a spot because yes. people, their life gets Things in happen. the way. Yeah, um, we we've got the yeah, same but... same thing here. Um, certainly, uh, certainly, we we have, we have matches that I think I'm trying to think what the record's been like a 65, 65 match in in sold in forty minutes or something stupid like that. Wow! And, and yeah, you go, guys, awesome. get on the wait list, get on the wait list, and and then people don't. And then, like, you know, 15 guys pull out because it was booked out two months prior, and then life happens and things happen and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's the way. Yeah. 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 So, we, we try and like offer, um, what, RTD anyway. Um, like, if you pull out a week before the event, you'll generally get a refund. Um, but if it's, if you're pulling out at the 11th hour, they generally lose the entry fee because it becomes a hassle for, the organizer to oh, fill yeah. that spot because they're, they're trying to set up the event. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, but yeah, yeah. around a week is, is fine generally. I can, yeah, I can so. totally appreciate that. You're, you're, I guess, yeah, the, the events that we're involved with, big two day events, and there's a lot of expenditure. And uh, even a week mm. out, yeah, we, uh, we would have spent, spent everything <laughs> already and most of the stuff we have to pay in advance for the events we run over here so uh yeah even even two or three weeks out we've 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 already you know ordered shirts and paid for dinner and done all this sort of bits and pieces so yeah i can uh I can yeah appreciate so do you, do you get a shirt at the event do you yeah and the prs like matches over here um yeah so this this the one i'm wearing there is the member's shirt so when you sign up as a member mm-hmm. um as long as you did it within the first Four weeks or something like that, then you got a shirt, yeah. and then pretty much I don't have any close by, but um, pretty much every match, um, there's a shirt or some sort of piece of merch that you get with it. Um, but that's that's sort of the the, the bigger two day ex- events, they're more most likely more expensive, and that's because you know you get sort of a whole package with them and you get a dinner, um, covered on the Saturday night and all sorts of stuff. Oh, wow. so, yeah. so it's quite a um, it's not just uh, rock up and, and shoot, uh, you know shoot a shoot a match there's there's the experience and that's what a lot of guys really uh really enjoy because it's it's you can you can go shoot a match at the club which is excellent and you you go and do that but then it's a the the PRS matches uh you know both here and in the u.s and no doubt south africa as well uh and and the other mongolia is coming well was coming on board i haven't kept up with what mongolia's 2020 plans were given the current scenario but anyway um uh, the it's the whole um it's the whole sort of package of the weekend, the Friday, and we do side comps and side matches and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, it's sort of a um, 
an expanded experience rather than just a, a, a one-day shoot, which is nothing wrong because we, we still run at our club. We run some one-day shoots uh, as well, and they are, you know, again, really good good way to get people into the sport. So, yeah, it's just – and it's progressed. It's growing, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, uh, that's real interesting because we – I've got a thing I like to – I hate charging people for stuff. I feel real bad taking money. Mm-hmm. So, like, we try to keep our events pretty cheap. Yep. like extremely cheap in my opinion um but yeah like we have talked about if it becomes a two-day event and i the landowner of all people talked about getting a shirt made yeah um which would be pretty cool actually it'd be quite neat because um, yep. i mean we get our i get my taranaki shirts made so yeah yeah it's quite a good idea i uh like we we because uh there's some some matches here that are run by prs as an organization and some matches that are run by the clubs in, in partnership mm-hmm. with prs and none of those guys have to uh produce a shirt or a piece of merch either um uh, but they they can and and it's highly recommended they do um and if nothing else i don't know if you've seen emma on the show but if if you didn't mm-hmm. produce a shirt and, and you put the match on you'd have to deal with her um because uh, she uh, has a collection and uh, is pretty uh, <laughs> pretty um, specific. But I, I think you, you'll find actually a lot of the guys who have been on the other end of this, you know, on this, uh, this uh, show uh, are often wearing their, their match shirts because they just become the, the common thing to do. And that's uh, actually the, the, the guy we, we kicked TRS off with here, he was really adamant about about producing shirts for it and i was like ah, you know it's again like oh we could probably bring the price down a little bit and make it a bit better and all that sort of thing emma's just said she's only in it for the shirt um and um but then i i he he did it you know i said all right well back your decision away you go and i went to i went to a couple of shoots afterwards non-pre shoots just other shoots and you know a quarter of the guys were wearing the 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 shirt from the match i went Mm. oh yeah Makes makes sense while we're producing shirts as well now. Like it's yeah. it's a good little package, and you know you get a bit more out of it. And then also you know it gets out there and, and people go, oh, you were at the match, or you were at this one, or they see that you're wearing a particular one. And yeah, so it's kind of a it's it's good to see. It's been it's been good, and um, yeah. Anyway, they've they've been and we've found now we've now found really comfy suppliers, and they're really nice, comfortable shirts to to wear, not just a tacky one that falls apart on the Sunday afternoon <laughs> of the match, which is uh, which is no yeah. good. Yeah. Now there's been a question here. I don't know. Do you know a Joel Jackson? Because I never quite know if these are loaded questions or if these are uh, just. I know a Joel Jackson. Yeah, okay, he's in he... the navy. If, that, if that's anything to go by, he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> he's asked what the funniest story from a shoot is. I'm wondering if he's talking about a specific story that he's trying to get you to talk about. Oh, I know what he's talking about. It's not that funny. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I'll say it. Oh, we. It was at a hunter shirt. It was actually the first event I sh- met Joel at. Yep. And it was the last time he got to legally use his AR-15 too. We got, they got taken off us not long after that. But a, a good friend of mine, um, he always has bad luck. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it's going to go wrong, it goes wrong for him. And we were shooting a stage and um, I, I can see in your photo, actually. We were sort of on a track and there was a big bank and we are shooting off the edge of the track. Mm-hmm. And he used his backpack as a support for his rifle. Yep. So the stage started, he got down and he put his bag down, then he turned around or something, and then the bag rolled down this big bank. <laughs> and so he turns back around and the support's gone. He's going, Where's my bag? And we're all just sitting behind him, giggling like girls. <laughs> um, and then he's, you know, and because then it's downrange. And he's like, oh, Can I get my bag? It's like, No, you can't get your bag for the rest of the match. You know, it's downrange. We'd have to shut the whole shoot down. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Yeah, there's a. Were you? Did you meet Bronte when he was over there at all? Uh, Bronte come and stayed at my house. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Um, right. So again, the, they shot the Tarata match. He came down with Terry, Jess, yeah. and um, and Matt. And I live the Tarata match is about a fifteen minute drive from where I live. Okay. Um, which is very handy. So they all come and stayed at my house. Not six. Um, oh. Although he, he got me by fifty points, like he would. Oh he, wow! It wasn't okay. close. He. He, yeah, he was he was a fair bit ahead of me in fifth. Um, yep. He schooled me a little bit. But, yeah, no, he, he was a nice guy for an Australian. Yeah. <laughs> Were you there for the uh, the Matt rolling story? Did you experience uh, his inability to roll up a mat? Or were you not oh, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it was wet. It, it, was, it would have been a shock for him being an Aussie. It was a wet day, mm. like... Uh, mm. A monsoon it was pretty bad, <laughs> and we just kept shooting. It was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's one one thing you were talking about before about you know planning matches through winter. Like that's that's our key season is through that that you know sort of we we start our season at the end of uh, or partly into autumn, and we we have the majority in through uh, through winter and, and sort of finish up in spring. Uh, so that's pretty uh, pretty pretty common to see where. You may not want to do that over there because it probably gets bloody cold and and can be significantly wet. Yeah, I don't mind cold because you can deal with that. And even even the rain's not that bad, but it's the wind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, So and because we don't um like New Zealand's, we don't have as much flat areas as Australia, definitely. So (laughs) and because our events are run on farms, Mm. and so you got like in New Zealand, you got dairy farming, which is like the flat land. Mm. I imagine similar to you guys, but that's no good for long range shooting because there's no no backstops. Yeah. So we head out into the um the sheep country, the beef country, which yep. is steeper. Um. So there's like the wind, and you're shooting over multiple gullies and the rain. It can just be a real horrible place to be on a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. yeah. yeah and uh, yeah. we've we've had some pretty uh, some events that have been pretty um. Pretty bad for wind and rain and and all sorts of stuff. But generally speaking, we we've got shelters because we we have to shoot these things in <coughs> ranges, and so yeah. we've got shelters mm. and we've got facilities. Although, given that the worst one we've had uh, was on a range where the roof had disappeared in a previous windstorm, <laughs> and they were fighting about insurance of paying for it, so we were on the range with no shelter uh, and dealing with the, the the worst conditions we've had. But we we dealt with it. We shot. We laid in mud and and um just you know well. I should agree that I didn't lay in any mud, uh, and I was under shelter. <laughs> but all the other, yeah. all the shooters did. Uh, so yeah, yeah, to be fair, can't can't misrepresent that. And they did, and they did well. So it was, uh, yeah, and, and and you have like, oh yeah, this this is where you're going to be shooting prone. And after you know sixty shooters, the prone has delved into a, a mud pit about this big, and uh, everyone's like looking for a longer <laughs> bipod to to put in there. But anyway, that's uh, that's the way. <laughs> Best part of the fun, though, isn't it? Yeah, not wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I like that stuff. Easy, Graham. Well, thanks very much for coming on board, man. It's great to to learn about what's going on over there and get a real real you know closer picture of it. And it's always good to good to hear because mm-hmm. we probably do very similar things, and it's great to uh, great to be yeah. able to connect over it. So. Yeah, awesome, man. Uh, we're going to uh, we're going to uh, throw some details up for the Zoom room. So for those guys who are watching, you can join us in a few minutes. We're going to uh, send that through to you. And uh, and what else do we need to tell you? Well, um, shout out to Graham. But uh, how do we follow you, mate? What's the best ways to keep in, in touch with you? Uh, yeah, most Facebook for the most part. Taranaki Long Range Shooting, and then yeah, same on uh, Instagram. But 
Yep. If you want to see the videos, it's mostly on uh, Facebook. On Facebook. And a little bit on YouTube, but again, most of my I don't put most of my videos on. Yep. So they're all on Facebook. Yeah. All good. So I do, yeah, a lot of little 22 videos, all sorts of weird, see how far I can shoot them, all sorts of stuff. It's nice. Good. And Taranaki is T-A-R-A-N-A-K-I, basically how it sounds for Australians who uh, yeah. who will hear that word and go, what? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mouldy word, yeah. yeah. What, what does it mean? Yeah. Oh, fuck if I know. I'm on the language <laughs> street. I don't know. Uh, it's just where I live. It's just the region. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's what it means. <laughs> there's a big mountain. There's, there's a mountain. Um, it's, it's a good place to live, yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Fantastic. All yeah. right, guys. So make sure you follow uh, follow Graham at Taranaki Long Range Shooters. And uh, awesome stuff, mate. Thanks for coming on, on the show. No worries. Happy yeah. to be here. Uh, all right, guys. So we're we're going to get into the Zoom room in just a moment. Uh, but thanks for for watching. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with Steve Hurt from Outer Edge Projectiles to talk reloading, and uh, Friday night with Dave Acker, and we'll, we'll see where we go from there. Uh, guys, a big uh, shout out to Stage One. Uh, thanks to who whoever jumped on board before and grabbed some stuff. But uh, the code is ID Live Ten, uh, and that will get you ten percent off any of the merch there. And jump over to PrecisionRifleSeries.com.au, and you can find all the Stage One merch. Uh, sitting up there at the moment anyway uh guys uh, look forward to that let's drop those numbers into the chat so you guys can uh, can start coming on in and uh, and we look forward to seeing you guys um tomorrow night take care hey, hey. Pretty, 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 pretty.